This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big cracker dolls and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks? This is where it's at. Windows tinted, seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner, cause niggas know that it's money on Yo, what up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the tinfoil hat titan, a.k.a. the conspiracy realist, a.k.a. the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr., don't text me with your green bubbles, a.k.a. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach, also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, Jay, you ice, young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me, a.k.a. if you did it, I done it before, I had it, got mad at it, don't want it no more. Also known as, if you leave me in the room with lions, Simba's dying. Come back 15 <laughs> minutes later, I'll have dinner frying. I am the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. What up? I didn't know where that Simba shit was going. <laughs> <laughs> it worked perfectly. And in spite of Game, not in spite, but since Game of Thrones came back, I felt inspired. Because that's my shit. That's okay. my fucking show. And it's your man Dame Going Wild from the House of Bradley. First of his name, the undefeated the landlord of the west side, conqueror of the corner store, baron of the liquor store, the breaker of thoughts, and father of many. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, Shop Talk Podcast, episode 57. We don't want to say that athlete's name. I was wrong. You were wrong? Yeah. He, he wore number 58. We got to have a 57. There's no The Passenger 57 episode. Was that a movie or something? Nigga, what? I don't. I don't watch a lot of movies. I mean, Jesus, we've had, we. It shouldn't. It's not a surprise. All right. So there's a there's, there's this actor. His name is Wesley Snipes. Um, oh, no, no. He, was the, in, he was on the plane and shit. Yeah, there's yeah. a movie. It is called Passion to Whatever. And there was a woman in the movie that looked just like Michael Jackson. Like, <laughs> it's it's hard for me to care about this shit. Like, I don't. I don't really watch movies. I don't care. All right. Dog. That's funny. I mean, it's like an ongoing conversation. You know that. Like, yeah, it is, man. So. I mean, so fuck it. Uh, <laughs> how, was your, how was your week, man? I mean, God got it. I made it through another week. What, what, what you? I just forgot to turn the camera on. Oh, so we stopping? No, we gonna keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah, God got it. I made it through another week. Uh, nothing crazy, which is always a good thing for me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, movies, uh, and you not watching them, uh, I actually I sat care. in. I don't care. Uh, I sat in on. Unsavvy Antics podcast this week, and we did a sixty-four um, sweets. How you a, a bracket six, style? A bracket of sixty-four, like March Madness. Yeah, and it was sixty-four uh, black movies. Hey, Verge, I've known you all your life, motherfucker. You could have called me. I would have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Shop Talk podcast is two people. <laughs> you um, know, you don't just get the J or the Dame. Like you get them both. That's yeah. the experience. Okay. But shout out to Verge and Chris. They my people. It was a dope episode. So if you haven't listened, go uh go follow uh Unsavory. Verge, I can tell some story time with Dames about you too. <laughs> so I'm just that's just fair warning. Hmm. But that's my guy. Um, but. We do have I haven't I haven't forgot about I have one other thing about my week and I want to touch on but we do have a special um, guest this week and we want to introduce her now exactly I wonder if she has some intros you seen how crazy our intros are yeah I'm gonna wing it <laughs> <laughs> all right I am Shawnee the hippie aka Queen Elizabeth aka Thug Ass Hippie aka Angela Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. aka Chakra Khan aka Maya Angelou. 
Oh, ah, I like that. Hey, I fuck Maya with Angelou. Yeah, I like that. That's what's up. Hey, I, I, think, that, <laughs> I think that rivals uh, Eastside Thick Thigh Shy's intro. Yeah, it does. I don't think so. Uh, intros are very important around here. Apparently. I noticed. I liked that. A Thanks. Lot. All right, man. So this week I had um today I had a very interesting encounter with the police. Um, you you know, tell that story? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned that um, since I've been having my CCW, I hadn't been pulled over by the police. And I've been pulled over three times since then. And wow. In a, in a week? So that was about three, in the last three you weeks. You got to keep that okay. shit off the grid. Like, I don't understand. But, you know, today, and you know, I have a certain way that I deal um, with police officers that um, that is 100% legal. But... You know, it's very uncomfortable for some people. But today, I could not act that way because I had two of my nephews in the car with me. You know what I'm saying? So I was in a weird place. And one of my nephews, he just turned 18 on yesterday. Uh, he's still a kid in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? He's always going to look like a child. And I had uh, my other nephew, who's 11 years old. So um, I had I got my pop's truck, pickup truck. I had to grab some stuff out of storage, you know. So I'm driving down the street. And I look over and I see a police officer. He is um, a different complexion than myself. And he just gave me a look. I'm thinking, like, he about to start fucking with me. So um, we drove a couple feet, and he was still over in the right-hand lane. So I jumped over my left and went to the gas station because I'm like, I'm about to, he's about to flick me. So, And I needed some, I literally did need some gas, too. So I'm like, it's a, it's a, it works both ways. So I pulled over. He got right behind me. He flicked he comes up to the window and um, license, registration, whatever. I give him my, uh, the CCW joint. I don't say, hey, I'm carrying a gun because that's, like, the bad thing that you say to a police officer. Just give him the damn ID, and he like, okay. Let him use deductive reasoning. Right. He said, said, he said, so you had your firearm? I'm like, yes. He said, where is that? It's in my waistband. Like, left to right. I was like, it's in the center. I'm like, all right, cool. He said, uh, you um, – the reason I pulled you over, like the plate, it came back, uh, it came back blank. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't want, I don't know what that means, and I don't know. I've had that happen, but it's because my registration got canceled on the vehicle. All right, so this is my pop's truck. Like, I'm like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know why that would be. Like, my pop's sixty. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a regular person. <laughs> like, he's not, he's not out here. <laughs> he's not out here thugging and shit. So, um, he goes back. And he actually calls in. He said, I'm going to have to check the VIN number. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, I need y'all to put your hands on the steering wheel. I need you to put your hand, point to my nephew. I need to put your hands on the dashboard or whatever. So he does. I'm looking at my nephew, and uh, he nervous. You know what I'm saying? Because he ain't never really went through this Mm -hmm. before. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, they're treating him like an adult. Definitely. So his hand's on the dashboard. He calls in the VIN number. I hear over the the, um, VIN number. I mean, over the, the walkie-talkie, he, she was like, um, it comes back clear, said the name, who was registered, what kind of vehicle was, gave the license plate number and the address, you know what I'm saying, like everything. Um, I found like an old registration in the, in the glove compartment because I didn't have the registration or insurance. I just you weren't just reaching around for that shit? After no, I told him. Your hands on no, the I told him like, hey, is it okay if I go into the glove box and get it? He's like, yeah. So I'm always trying to be respectful. He asked me where I'm coming from. Um, so this is where it differs. Your mama's house. I don't talk to the police. Like, when they ask me a question, I say, I don't answer questions. And, like, that's it, right? Or I typically don't say, like, an asshole. I'm like, hey, 
uh, I hope you enjoy your shift. You know, for for my safety and yours, however, I don't answer questions. Okay. And, you know, boom. So he asked my nephew, like, what's your name? And I'm about to say, don't, a-, but I need to make it home, take these kids home. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I was with they myself. They need to make it home too, shit. You know what right. I'm saying? So we going on with that. He, he tell him, oh, his name Dwayne Johnson. Like, are y'all related to The Rock? No. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That's the, the the running joke. My father has the same name, my brother, and now my nephew. So he the third. You know what I'm saying? Like, where you, you have ID, he don't have ID. He don't have a driver's license. He don't have a state ID. Yeah. He literally turned 18 yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So um, so they tried to run his information, and they couldn't find him in the system because he's not in any system. Right. You're not lying about your name, are you? You're not lying about your age, are you? You're not in any trouble, are you? I'm like, what's the problem? Like, so the attention that switched from this manufactured empty plate to now you want to you want to harass my nephew. You know what I'm saying? So he called for backup. Another lady cop come over and she come and she asking the same thing. Like, what's your date of birth? He like seven, twenty, ninety nine. And she wrote like seven, twenty nine. He like, no, seven, twenty, ninety nine, not twenty nine. Not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fucking um, with him. She like, so you sure it's not eighty eight or no? She, you sure it's not ninety eight? Like, no, it's not ninety eight. Like, I don't like, I don't understand what the problem is. So he's like, well, we just wanted to make sure. And then dude took my name and my my ID and everything, and he pinned it like on his shirt. I'm thinking like, this is weird. Like, what 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 you need your hands free for? <laughs> like, I don't I don't get what's going on. Wow. Um. So then they go back to the car and they back there for like five to seven minutes, and they come back. And he gave my, my, my information back. Like, yeah, we just wanted to make sure that we knew who you were talking to my nephew before we let you guys go. So this is out of the norm for me because, A, I don't talk to the police. The The questions is, um, am I being detained or am I free to go? I mean, that's really all I want to know. If I'm being detained, well, what crime do you suspect me of committing? Um if so, you know, let's talk about some probable cause or something. I mean, we'll go that route. But if not, am I free to go? Um, I don't. He don't have to give his name. He's not a driver. Um, he's he's an adult now. You know what I'm saying? But he don't have to give his name because he took out his name. He took out his little paper bag. I mean, he had like a paper pad that all the police officers yeah. have, yeah. and they write their contacts or whatever. And that goes into some sort of official record, some type of database, yeah. or some search so, engine when they. Yeah, so it's not like um, incident report. I think is what it is. It's not like it's attached to his name, so to speak, in some official right. record. But I don't know if y'all guys remember a couple of weeks ago when the police officer went and killed that young that, that young lady inside of her home um, in front of her children, um, yeah. and they had a conversation before they went in. Oh, is this the lady with the with the um, with the four kids and the mental such and such? Like they knew who she was based off these little notes and shit yeah. that they take. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know him. He ain't never been in no trouble. He ain't. You don't need to know him or whatever. But you know all that shit was over with. Uh, he gave me my stuff back. Said I'm not going. I'm not going to give you a ticket. You know what I'm saying we're going to avoid the little misdemeanor ticket. You know what I'm saying you guys can have a nice day. So you just took 30 minutes of my time, and you you had us holding up for like for what? You had no reason to pull me over in the first place. What city were you in? In Southfield. I was literally mm-hmm. like one mile up from where we at right now. Ridiculous. So I'm like, you could have gave me a ticket for not having a proof of registration or insurance because I. The car is insured. The car is registered, but I didn't have it. You know, what no. I'm when they run the plate, they can see that you got insurance and yeah. shit. This is all I like the reason that you didn't give me a ticket because you knew you was on some bullshit the whole time. Just searching hard for something. 
So I had to have a conversation with my nephew. He was like, all right, boom. So he 18. And it was his 18th birthday yesterday, too. Yeah. And so Monday, you know, he's going down to the sec- – my, my father going to take him to the secondary state so he can take his driving test and everything like that. I'm like, so – I know you want to be out here. You want to get you a car and everything. Like this is the type of shit you got to deal with. You're not gonna. You're not gonna have this conversation, or this not gonna be on the test. Driving while black is not gonna be on the no. test. And this is something real. Like we didn't do anything. Um, and I told him like, when you get in touch or talk to by the police, follow all their rules. Do whatever they tell you to do. One hundred percent. You know what I'm saying. I told them um, what I normally do. And what I when I did and why I did what I did today, and you need to follow every single thing that the police officers say. If they do something wrong, we handle that in court. But you need to make it home at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that I got to tell you, forget your rights. We'll handle that you gotta later. You got to make it home alive. You got to right. make it home deal, alive. We can deal with. If I'm a bug ground, I can deal right. with the bullshit. It's so, not worth being a martyr over because nobody really truly gets justice from it anyway. Not at all. Not no at one all. outside of your family even cares after after the hashtag not popping no more. A lot of times, yeah. It's so, unfortunate. Um, shout out to that retarded, young, finicky Should've police Should have got his officer. name and badge number. I, didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was just... Focus looking at them, at you know what I'm saying? Because I know that they look nervous, and I ain't want them to do something weird. A or nervous, a, a nervous officer is the worst shit that you want to. Because all they're gonna do is say they're scared. Mm-hmm. Like even that, like Australian white girl that just got killed. Like the officer's excuse was. He was afraid I, I of her. I fear for my life. Yeah. That's crazy. But she was being assaulted. Like, her boyfriend even put out a statement about him throwing her down the steps. Yeah. He threw her like, down the steps? Yes. And she called the police. And the police officer came in the house and killed her. Jesus Christ. And she, But she's from Australia, so Australia's not playing that. They have some um, diplomatic things going on for that, for yeah, sure. That's, that's it's terrible anywhere, anywhere around, like, these interactions with the police. I just don't want to be a hashtag. Not not for those reasons. No, not so at all. uh we also that was a heavy ass uh intro. Yeah, that Again, was a heavy ass crazy. story to start I know man, but to I start the to episode off chest, with. Uh, I'm glad you did. So we're gonna dive into something a little bit lighter. Because uh, we got a there's a lot of bullshit that happened this week. <laughs> so man, I'm gonna go with my personal favorite since Jay is uh taking care of something else. R. Kelly. Oh and, my God! And this alleged sex cult that predator. he has—is it really predatory behavior at this point? Because our because these women are like eighteen and over. I'm not saying that it's right, but definitely they're, they're, they're adults. They reached out to him to like pop off their career. You know, like is. All the reports say that, all their parents, all their friends, even they say that. You know, sometimes so, business crosses, but crosses if we look, barriers. Let's look at his patterns, though. Dating back to the 90s, he was married to a 15-year-old and had a hit called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. Like a hit. We still love, hey, like, people that still love the song when it comes, comes on. on at the parties. You, people start doing a 90s groove. And, I mean, R. Kelly got a catalog of hits. At this point, I would not trust R. Kelly within a thousand yards of any woman I was gonna say Under that I love, but 21. just any woman period. R. Kelly's yeah. fifty years old. Fifty. He has children older than the women in his cult. Yes. Yeah. That's 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 that's, that's weird. Dirty, that's weird. It's a dirty place. So it's a it's a couple of things that's weird to me about this whole situation. Uh one, so they're young. So like so so they met R. Kelly when they was what, nineteen ish? 
or ni- 18, Some of them 19. Met him under 18. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So they parents, I'm gonna give your, I'm gonna give their parents He's red shirt, cherry picking. I'm gonna give their parents a good 20 years, even though some of them probably had the baby before they was 20. So let's just say you 18 and your mama's 38. You know what the fuck is going on with R. Kelly. Like, you live yeah. through the R. <laughs> R. Kelly era, right? Everything. So, if you at a concert and you offering up your 17, 18, 19-year-old daughter so they can get into the music biz with R. Kelly, you don't remember the tape? Nigga, I saw the tape. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's not going down. They're, like, if you're that talented, other opportunities to come, sweetheart. But you have to think about, like, the type of people who get preyed on are usually people who it's – weaker people so to say so if they have a disconnect with their parents that their parents want something so desperately for them that they'd hand them to a predator it's probably easy for him to you know be influential on those girls and I don't want this to come off as I'm victim blaming because this is not where I I mean but this the father fault why you got why why is your daughter so young and impressionable like you are a father why? They, why? You, why? You get she, caught why up in the hype she, of stardom and why is she uh, trying to attach onto another fatherly figure? Issue. Like you, there is some issue going on. Is it is it just father in the home or is it mother and father? Because if you got mom and dad at home, what happened here? Like literally, what happened? You had two. That's not supposed to happen. You shouldn't yeah. have daddy issues. You shouldn't be seeking like that's weird. Like even when old men be like, "Hey, baby," like I'd be like. Dad, you got worms. like you got uh, worms, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. Like, I I don't be like, oh, a dad, you know, like that's is kind of strange. But so one, uh, R. Kelly is a full blown retard. Did y'all know that? Like, he not like normal and shit. By the I mean, braids and the backpack stuff going on. Uh-uh. <laughs> like retard, we want to be like that's uh, that's. Oh, the, it, the, like, yeah, I'm sorry. What what what? See. I'm, I'm, no, no, we had this discussion I'm, before about I'm retard because that was a clinical term at one point. Like it was, and I mean, calling us niggers was too. It was something that they did All for right. a long now you, time. Now, um, I see. I I'm not you, going to pipe, crack pipe on that. One. No, like, no, words, no, no. Words change meaning, and sometimes you find out later words are offensive. Okay. I understand, but like they took the the clinic- crazy as hell. Yes. Yeah, but. I don't know if did y'all see this video of uh, Fat Joe? No. No. <laughs> oh shit. Nah. Fat Joe tells amazing stories. This was the story Fat Joe was telling about R. Kelly, and this shit was fucking amazing. It was so fucking amazing, and it cut off at the end, so I had to go search on YouTube for the whole story. So I got to share it. So R. Kelly said he was at a uh, it was at a concert. They bat I me. Mean, uh, Fat Joe said it was at a uh, concert. We should or just play the clip. Cause I don't want to get I don't want to get this party third story. Man, this the, it's like five minutes though. I don't, we can't play a five minute clip. Dog. We can do that for the, whatever we want to. It's our Look, shit. long story short, this nigga R. Kelly uh, start telling Fat Joe and them I fuck niggas up, like I can fight, and they like dog. If this R and B nigga don't get the fuck out of here with this bullshit, so he said, Fat Joe leans over to his man's in Spanish and say, "Man, this nigga lying." And R. Kelly heard him. He was like, oh, you think I'm lying? Go get the tape. And have some nigga bring out a tape. Oh, about the underground fight club. Yes. R. Kelly was fighting. (laughs) R. Kelly was fighting at fight club. So apparently R. Kelly is a part of some underground fight club. He said he bring out a tape. It's like a ballroom and shit. They got a little Mexican guy singing a song. He brings R. Kelly out. Like, you know. Wow. And he like, does anybody here want to fight R. Kelly? 
and people like, will come out and like yeah, hey, I want to fight. So R. Kelly, they said they came in that bitch like Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather, just like whooping niggas' ass. This shit. is the weirdest that's, shit. That's ever so in the weird. World, man. So like, he, he he mops up somebody, right? And then they say, all right, is there anybody else who wants to fight R. Kelly? And then like a bigger person comes out and he like he gives his man the business and knock him like through the ropes and shit. I'm like, this nigga R. Kelly is probably a real supervillain. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that nigga put that little mask on and shit. Take, the, like, think about the this. The Pied Piper. Piper. Yes. That's him like, as that a supervillain. Like, he comes through the ring with his, the, the Pied Piper. He like a, a, a certified bad guy and shit. Like, this nigga got superpowers. We need a superhero. <laughs> a say, black, we need, a, we we need, need a hero to fight R. Kelly? Chance the Rapper. He from Chicago, too. Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper. Versus... R. Kelly the pervert. <laughs> R. Kelly the pervert. But <laughs> hey, but you might not want to run up on Kells because he is. Under- Chance the rapper gonna have to call everybody behind. It's gonna be the Care Bears behind. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I know some real niggas in Chicago. R. Kelly, R. Kelly probably got some pr- good protection around him. Well, if that nigga is in the underground, just like just like any other supervillain would. Yes. <laughs> well, if he's yeah. in the underground fight club, I mean, this nigga Cobra could Commander like- had what the the what was it the the Cobras. Man, yeah, he did. <laughs> Cobra Commander definitely had the goons. Um, but hey, you know, R. Kelly is uh, a freak of nature of some sort. That's crazy. This is this is going really, really strange. I it forgot is. about that underground fight club shit. This what I do want to mention one other thing though, because R. Kelly deserved all the slander he's been getting this week, right? But it's a couple of you niggas out here that really got on my nerves, because while we trying to give R. Kelly the slander. You niggas come out. Well, what about Hugh Hefner? Oh my God! And it's not even remotely the same thing. No, I don't. like these women were like, "Hey, I want a job. Like, I'm old enough to decide. I want this job. They can leave when they want to. They mamas and daddies can come." Yeah, over. R. Kelly got them hog tied in know? the basement. So, a friend like, of mine, she actually told me that um, I guess it was a, a similar situation where some of them felt like they he would they, they would take their phones and he would take their phones away from. Them. So it was a, a similar situation. Mm-hmm. But that's not why I'm upset, right? I don't give a fuck if it was the exact same situation. We ain't talking about fucking Hugh Hefner right now. You are the you people who sound about Hugh Hefner are the niggas who screaming out "All Lives Matter" when we talking about police yes. brutality. Or what hap- What about Chicago, nigga? We talking about this police officer knocking somebody up the head. You talking about Chicago? I can think about two things at one time. Yeah, it don't fucking matter. Let R. Kelly get this slander. We'll talk about Thoughts Hugh Hefner. Hold on, but before we move on to the next thing, let me just make another PSA. A lot of you niggas was R. Kelly. If you went to the prom and you was twenty one, uh, you you barking up you uh, you barking up the same family tree. You got an uncle in your family. You don't want to leave alone with your daughters mm-hmm. or your sons. So mm-hmm. I mean. You know, let's let's mow our own backyards for a second. And you think about this, like how many uh when you was in middle school, how many uh high school niggas was picking up girls from middle school in their cars? I will uh, never forget this girl in ninth grade told me her boyfriend was like twenty six and I'm like Jesus Christ. I was literally like, What the fuck do y'all talk about? Ain't no <laughs> <laughs> like, where do the conversations he, even he start? Helps, he helps her with her homework. <laughs> I remember when I took out. Yeah, uh, uh, biology. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was literally, and I just felt so bad for her. Like, I'm like, that's disgusting. Yeah, if you if you took a brand new charger up to a DPS school to pick up some 12th grader, like, From nigga, you. Paul Roberson, Malcolm X. <laughs> yeah, you like you. Like, yeah. You're going yeah. to Bates Academy to pick up your girlfriend. <laughs> you are R. Kelly, too, my nigga. <laughs> Damn. Damn. This shit Took her crazy. to the mall, bought her bought her some a pink outfit, 
Like you look yourself in the mirror first, why, real quick. Why, why is R. Kelly still relevant though? Like we saw the take. He because black the people love R. Kelly. It's like that Boondocks episode. Like yes, R. Kelly exactly. can R. Kelly does some fucked up shit, but when he come in concert, we still gonna be bumping and grind. It's still that shit's gonna be sold out. Niggas is still gonna be dancing to bump and grind. Step in the name of love. Twelve play the greatest sex ever because they fu- black people we love R. Kelly. We get the pass. Black people don't shit. let people black people go unless black. Like people start Uncle Tommy. Like yeah. that's the only violation. We can, we can look people. past shit that's familiar, and unfortunately for some mm-hmm. of us, sexual predatory behavior is familiar within our families. Mm-hmm. So I mean, R. Kelly is our uncles, our cousins, your little brother, the nigga up the street. I mean, it's he, funny that you mentioned that. Um, we got to add that to our list. It's the episode that we want to do, and that's that's we gotta. We gotta so I mean, we can. We we'll talk. That. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. So. Uh, and I think R. Kelly is just kind of blinding them with that lifestyle. Like, if you poor and you living in the mansion with R. Kelly, I'm not saying that it's cool that he make you dress a certain way or stay in that bitch, but it's probably better than what you're coming you from. You seen the victim a uh, little... Yeah, and R. Kelly in the background. You seen the, yeah. the shadows, like... <laughs> That's enough. Like, so where are you? Are you in New York or Atlanta? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about that right now. Really? And then they had the other video of the girl in the park. Like, it made her seem more free. Like, yeah. that's crazy. I'm like, sure R. Kelly was outside. less than 100 yards away. Yes. <laughs> I, I've seen this play out on SVU many times. Yes. <laughs> Where's Benson? Shit. Uh, All right, what's what else? Uh, Mike Vick. Mike Vick put on his uh, tap dancing shoes this weekend. Who? Uh, Ron Mexico? Should we call him by that name? I told you, like, you only let people go. Hey, only Vic acknowledges vapors, bro. Get your chest ready, (laughs) goddammit. Open your chest up, shit. Oh, man. You know he apologized? Yeah. I was kind of happy about that. I think... I wasn't. Like, if you're going to stand on that shit. No, no. I think he was kind of set up a little bit, and this is why I feel like he was kind of set up. Okay, Mike Vick never has given a brilliant commentary when it comes to anything besides sports. Nothing outside of that. He comes from a place where he, in his mind, in his intelligence capacity, is comparing his crime to someone taking a knee. And you have him on an Uncle Tom show who is kind of pushing him to say something controversial about it. Like, even the way he was asking him those questions. I think Mike Vick's PR person made a horrible decision on picking him going on that show Mm -hmm. because that's not the place for a player whose whole life is based just solely on a sport. And I'm just thinking, like, what is Michael – like, typically when you're on a show, it's because some type of relevance is going on around you as well. What the fuck is Mike Vick He's searching for a job. Because he's not playing football no more. He's searching yeah. for he's searching for a permanent he, job. But he's not he, go, needs, he didn't he get. He needs it. to go on one of the shows where they don't talk about anything but sports. Like mm-hmm. that's where he should be at all times. Oh, that like, don't exist no more, unfortunately. Yeah, that's has, very true. They have, they have bleeded politics and sports together. Like, mm-hmm. It's unfortunate because I don't want to watch politics with my sports all the time. I feel you though. I think like they they probably did that's set the Mike only up for a little bit. Why of I really dope. know about sports is because they blend all that stuff together now. Like so. When somebody sent me, was it you to send me the initial article? Somebody sent me an article. It was me. I sent it to you. And, you know, by default, I like to point and counterpoint. I can argue the mm-hmm. other side. So I'm like, uh, I understand what Mike Vick was saying. Like, just I just read it, the title. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can find an argument for Michael Vick. And then I clicked on it and watched the actual video mm-hmm. what he said. I'm like, shit. 
yeah, fam, you on your own with this one. Because, like, you offered that as the, like, you offered that up. It made no sense to me either. Like, why I think he just dumb is because it's so many people in the NFL with their hair as big as mine right now. Like. Mike Vick. Had braids and afro. So many people, so many people with dreads, everything. Like your natural hair, I won't say it's not necessarily embraced, but it's allowed. Mm-hmm. And so for that to be like him cutting his afro is going to get so, him that job. Or that when Mike Vick cut his afro, that got him that job. No, it didn't. Your performance on the field is what got you that job, yeah. Mike. Because if you weren't – like there was a point in time where – and this shout out to all my niggas that's been playing Madden. I forget what year Mike Vick was on the cover of Madden. Oh, he six. was whatever. He was through, fucking unstoppable. Oh six. Then he he went through all that trouble. Oh, I seven, knew that. Yeah, that's dope. you. You are correct. He was fucking unstoppable that the year. The Madden that's, curse is real. Uh yeah. Like if yeah. you're on the cover of Madden the next year, it's a wrap for you. And all oh, that shit must have happened in 07. because <laughs> <laughs> it is a wrap for you the next year. Calvin Johnson the next year is a wrap. Like every year, whoever's on the Madden on the cover. Don't accept it if they Fucking, offer it. Um, Adrian Peterson, the next year, it was old. like, no, oh, just get away from the cover. Let's just stop putting the athletes on the cover, man. Sure. Just put John back on there. <laughs> right. <laughs> just put John Madden back on that bitch. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, but they. I feel like they did set Mike Vick up for failure, and maybe this is insensitive of me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mike Vick went to jail for fighting pit bulls. And he went to jail for his homeboy fighting pit bulls. Okay, he was he was just maybe betting and look. I come from a place where you can get pit bulls for fifty dollars in front of the grocery store. I will take you tomorrow. You can get a pit bull puppy for fifty dollars, and if you got a hundred, he might give you three. Mm. Uh, I need a I need a, a little French bulldog though. You know what I'm saying? That's gonna cost that's you. Gonna real, cost that's you gonna like cost 15. you real money. I've been trying to find one, but I can't find one under thousands of dollars. Yeah, no. like the cheapest one I've seen is like four grand. Yeah. But mm. I mean, if you can get, if I can buy three pit bulls for fifty dollars, I can feed these niggas table scraps and turn them into vicious animals, and I might make a little bit of money off of them. Where I'm from, that's called a come up. Mm-hmm. And I just leave it at that. It might be insensitive. I, I've had pit bulls myself. I love them as dogs. I'm I have a ter- I have a terrible story time with Dame about me and a dog that I would probably never share on this. Sh- it's it's bad. It's hmm. bad. I made a terrible decision with the family pet. The end. Hmm. I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it could it's, mean so many things. It, it can. And I just I put, I've said too much. I'm but, almost, <laughs> I almost think that people. It's a come up. People think that people shouldn't have pits no more. Like, it's just too dangerous. Now, I'm not going that far. Too fucking dangerous, dog. It's like having a lion on a leash. I, like once they, once that 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 grip is on, it's nothing you can do, man. Yo, so everybody I, not responsible enough to have one. You got to have a t- yeah. T- you take gotta a test. Be really responsible. Like I need you to take a test before you can. The same test so, people should take if they want to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a story time with Dame. I can't share about a dog. I went over, shout out to my homeboy, uh, Mac. He had just gotten out of jail, and I went over to holler at him. He stayed in a bando. I mean, <laughs> it was the middle of winter. He did not have no heat in the house. He just had, like, two space heaters in a room. And, you know, like them and thick, them thick-ass blankets they give you, like, when you're moving and shit? 
he had them shits like stapled to the walls. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, this one room was nice, but the rest of the house was ice fucking cold. Mm-hmm. So, I walk into the house and he was like, hey, you're not scared of dogs, are you? I'm like, no. Nah, oh, I'm I hate when niggas say some shit like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm straight. Now, I didn't know Mac for a minute, so I know he usually keep a pit bull, but like, they don't, like, it's two type of pit bulls. It's like, the ones with the big super head and muscles that you don't want to fucking fight with. Buff and then ones. it's, yeah, the, the buff ass pit bull. So, and then it's like niggas that just take care of their pit bulls and they regular. <laughs> so the they don't even get of, the ear clips. So dog, pit bulls who actually fight, like fight, and like they don't mess with people. They don't mess with humans and shit. It's like your pets that fight people. Cause like uh, I, I used to just mind to fight dogs and shit. Um, like you can steal them dogs easy. They won't like attack people. They hate other dogs and shit because they train to hate other dogs. So. If you fight dogs, I'm straight with your pit bulls. Like, I, I walk in the room with them, I'm feel, I feel safe. But that's just your dog that you train? Fuck out of here. I'm staying in the car. Well, as a continuation of my story, Mac asks, am I afraid of dogs? I'm like, nah, I'm straight. I'm, I grew up with dogs my whole life. I ain't afraid of them. So he has another room that has a similar setup in the basement. We go down there. It's like a couch. and It's in the basement. So, I mean, it's a couch, chair, love seat. And it's six motherfucking pit bulls walking around, not on leashes, just just a herd of pit bulls. And he like, yeah, we're going to sit down here and kick it. Why, nigga? Because <laughs> it was just the only other spot was just the bedroom upstairs or in the basement with the dogs. I made that visit probably about three minutes because I sat down and I was eye level at one of them dogs. Because oh. you know how hood couches be. Like, they done you been see? beds. Yeah. They done been, you know. Yeah. Mattresses, they people done sat on them and played video games for like thirty years. So now you damn near sitting on the floor. And one of them dogs walked past me and was eye level, and I felt like he made eye contact with me. Mm-mm. And I'm straight because that'd yeah. be the type of shit I'd be on the news. And one of these dogs ate your face. Yeah, Mm-mm. I'm straight. I'm shooting a dog. Shout out to my nigga Mac though. He back in jail and he's probably <laughs> never getting out. He's Aww. never gonna hear this. Shout out, <laughs> free Mac. Maybe. Yeah, Mac. I don't no, know what he no. Did. I don't even want to go as far as saying free niggas because like that's my dog, but that's probably the best place for him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably <laughs> the best right place on. for him these days. The truth. Uh, yeah, uh, Usher out here giving the burn. gift that gives that keeps on giving herpes. Jesus mm. Christ! The gift I never want. Giving that um, Nestle back of the Nestle crush. Oh <laughs> man, Ooh, that B two K bump bump bump. It's like it's like the package from, from UPS Prime. You know what's coming. Mm. <laughs> you know what's coming. Man, that's really unfortunate, though. You know what's really unfortunate in this whole situation? It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the young lady who, who received herpes. Cause I, I Allegedly, she was part of their wedding party. Oh, I saw the yeah. picture, and someone circled her, circled her face and pointed to her and put her name there. I'm like, no, this is bold, dog. Like, why this girl got to go through all that? Like, on a, like, uh, Isn't her karma for sleeping with her obviously best friend's husband? Um, yeah, I mean, nah. I don't know. <laughs> Is it for both of them? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. 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 You know, you got to hear both sides. <laughs> 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 Usher loves women. Yeah, yeah he does. Usher. Usher probably, I'm surprised got, Usher uh, loves women. We're talking about daddy issues. He got mama issues for sure. Because all of them are old yeah, enough I to, like, have this. nursed him. Usher, Usher probably got uncle issues. Oh man, oh, I know where you're going with that that's one. That's sad. It is. I'm surprised he like women. I'll be perfectly honest. Okay, I can I can see that. So, yeah. but he out here giving a package. Uh, 
you know, you could say wrap it up, but condoms really don't stop the hurt. Herb, yeah. Man, that's a tough one. That's a fucked up 1.1 1. 1 million. But can, like I read in the article, it says you can only spread it if you are having an outbreak. So, like. I mean, in the dark room, you may the, not be looking for bumps the, on my dick. So, apparently, he hid the outbreakness. I guess he was having some kind of discharge and shit, and he, yeah. like, hid it. Like, damn, nigga. He had, like, green stuff dripping. Like, you know what's going on, fam. <laughs> Like, that's disgusting. It's yes. very much so disgusting. So, like, it was definitely, like, like, like he could have You just, wanted it that bad? He could have probably chilled for, like, five you days. You want it bad. I mean, we can throw so many Usher songs in this. Sometimes she's only in town for one night, and Usher said, you know, you're going to, I'm going to roll the dice. Man, y'all got to remind me to tell y'all something once we finish this podcast. You don't want to share with the world? No. Because <laughs> the person I want to share this about listens to the podcast, so okay. I don't want to share it. But y'all have to remind me. I promise. We, we've we had two herpes uh, givers already, Mike Vick and us. Oh, yeah, Ron Mexico and us. Yeah. Mike Vick, he was out here giving herpes, too, giving that package. Y'all be careful. Strap bro. it up this weekend. Yeah. Go or get make- tested. So yeah. don't wait until your dick start tripping. <laughs> oh, All right, like faucet. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, there's two more things I want to get into before we get into the real episode. Okay, uh, I'm gonna start with this one because I'm gonna, gonna say the best for last. I'm gonna talk about Kevin Hart this week. I just leave that man a fuck like around. how y'all did Kevin Hart this week. Dog. She knew better. How you get him is how you lose him. See, like you, you she, know. she on the wrong team. She on no, the wrong side. No. She don't know. Kevin, don't know. it's scientifically proven that men don't men don't cheat. cheat. First off, men don't cheat. Uh, and we are doctors. Yes, for sure. Uh, one side, though. Uh, really, though, men don't cheat. But, like, Kevin Hart is a great guy, right? He's always been Why nice. Well, men don't cheat. Do, do, let me break do it down. Do we have to ring the bell again? So, listen. All right. <laughs> Let me listen to this misogyny real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you why the uh, how it breaks down. So, XY is the male chromosome order, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the female order is XX. Uh, y'all missing a chromosome, so y'all crazy, and that makes y'all cheat. Also, wow, X, XX means you got an extra X in the picture somewhere. That's why women cheat. And XY is why is you messing with your ex? See, that's how that's how the men feel. Man, like, that's science. It, it's science. That's science, my niggas. And you uh, can't argue with that. You can't, um, can't argue with science. Really <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Uh, Kevin Hart was not cheating. He was sitting in the front seat of that car. I just want, that's what I want to know. Like, if you sit in the front seat of a car and there's a woman in the back seat of the car and there's a third person in the car and there's people outside of the car during these pictures in this video, how is this man cheating? Like, why did y'all just spread this shit? For two days, y'all said this man was cheating on his pregnant wife. Where is the proof? It's none there, there. wasn't really like, much. I didn't know what this picture was about. Um, I, I think I know what this came from, though. What? And so, do you guys watch Safe Word? No. So it's a new show. I think it's like on episode two. Yeah, it's on MTV. Yeah, da- uh, Damien Wayne's. And Kevin Hart was on there, and they real close, and they real friends. And the whole thing is to get you to say your safe word. So they tell stories, and you say your safe word. They you tweet something out for his phone. So they talked about a trip to Miami, and they was like, and Kevin was like, "What, what trip to Miami?" And he was like, "No, no, no, no." So he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want them to tell him or whatever, whatever. And this was, I guess, this was sometime in July. So that video that came out was a video from July. In Miami, and in one of the pictures, Damian Wayne's 
was there. So, like, did y'all look at that shit that happened on TV earlier in the week and be like, oh, since he didn't want to say something about this trip and go find something and ma- manufacture this fucking story? He could have got so drunk he shit on himself, man. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of reasons why he might not have wanted right, people like, to know. So, like, I did... I, it was just it was real coincidental to me that you just talked about a trip in Miami with the same person and then one of the pictures that we find out is that that same weekend mm-hmm. and like y'all man cuz where's the proof the nigga was sitting in the front seat of the car maybe he was ubering that shit was weird. I mean, don't slander that man name. And what it comes down to is that men don't cheat. Don't nobody, it, could, it couldn't have happened. Don't nobody even care for real that he yeah. cheated on her. Like everybody just wants him to talk about it in his next big stand up. Yeah, more content. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. OJ's free. Oh man, no, he's not free yet. October first. October first. Free the juice, man. Free the juice. Let me just say, I didn't even care. I don't either. Didn't even care. Like at all. If OJ doesn't leave out the court, out of jail though in a white Bronco, you see my Facebook I'm gonna be post disappointed. today. No, I made a post on Facebook, and this shit was pretty interesting. Uh, I've always thought OJ did it, right? Definitely. Because I mean, I just did right, and then it was solidified for me was the book that he wrote that never came out but I got a copy of. Um I, I got a copy. You want it? I, yes, I, I I'll send I it to you. I got it. a digital like the book the if I, I did. didn't do it but if I did. Yeah. So in the in the he he explains how he would have done it and how he did it, you know what I'm saying, in the book. So I was like, damn, the nigga did it, right? Because <laughs> he explains it. He even kind of made made it kind of funny like Goldman kind of like in a karate stance and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like he kind of, it was like he joked about it a little bit, right? That's and sick. It is. But. I need a copy. Through that, I'm thinking like, man. And all through the book, he was kind of like def- trying to explain away all the situations. When Every time him and Nicole got into a fight or some shit, he tried to make himself look like the good guy in the situation. Even though we know what, she woke up with a black eye, but you said you guys had an argument, whatever. He tried to make himself look like the good guy. So he a piece of shit person, right? Boom. And I thought he did it. About a year ago. I come across this documentary on YouTube. Um, there is a family who is convinced that his uh, they, their brother slash son killed Nicole. He's actually a serial killer um, who killed over thirty women in Los Angeles and other and other areas. Who f- the victims that he killed fit her profile, and he met her at a party a week before. Like, it was like a perfect storm of this shit. And then they, they questioned him. He's still alive. He's still in prison. Um, and they questioned him, and he kind of knew information that you really shouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? Even though this evidence has been out there for a while. But, like, it was a serial killer loose at the time, killing women just like this. You met the person, like, a week before, and you've killed over 30 women. And the brother, who should be in prison, too, but he he snatched on his own brother, used to help you hide the bodies and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they are 100% convinced. This whole family. Like, I don't know people who want to claim that, yeah, we really did it. You know what I'm saying? But when I watched the documentary. It's like two hours. I was like, nigga, it could be some other real kid. Like, it could be the quote-unquote real killers that he wanted to, to, to define. I was kind of conflicted. Like, I think this nigga may have did it, like, in, in, in real life. Yeah. Like, not OJ, but the other guy. But he went to jail for being, like, broke and trying to steal his own memorabilia though so so they, this time this yeah. Time, yeah so they ran some numbers on oj 
depending on his NFL pension, depending on what his when he started taking his NFL pension, he could have been making ten thousand dollars a month all these <laughs> for these nine years that he's been in prison. Like, and they can't touch that money. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only money they can't. Oh, they're not about to come out of jail, bro. Yeah, like he's sitting up like just ten grand a month. Out. You can't even spend it. You can't even put that amount much on your commissary. But and I mean, he you he living in yeah. he living in Cali though. I mean, cost of living is a little bit higher out in Cali. And he probably going to come out fooling like Cuba was after he started getting he with, Emmy nominations. He going straight to Jay-Z house. Let me talk to you about them lyrics, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think OJ should start doing club appearances. Get I mean, the juice on the cover of your mixtape. Uh, OJ the Juice Man should come back out of retirement and put OJ on the... Uh, hold on, man. The Juice Man never left. Let me get in a trap. <laughs> he's in he's a still, trap. He's definitely in a trap right now. I feel like you listen to trap music. I listen to a lot of music. Okay. Specifically rap, though. Yeah. I'm a big hip hop head. Let's get let's get into pause. Let's get into you a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag pause. Right. Yeah. Um, you have a new book coming out. Um, you're an author. Yes. You're a poet. Yes. Blogger. You're too. A, a blogger. Well, explain. Mm-hmm. Who can you tell the people who you are? I'm Shani the hippie. Uh, I am a poet, a blogger, a feminist, former bad girl, a weed queen, and a brand ambassador. I have two books. I'm working on a mixtape that's going to be coming out, a poetry mixtape. Okay. So it's going to have some spoken word on there. I love spoken word. Dame hates it. I'm not a fan of spoken word. (laughs) I mean, I've I've never been, you know, shy about it. Whatever. And, yeah, I... Write poetry and smoke weed. In that order? Or do you smoke weed and then write poetry? It's like a cycle. Sometimes it's simultaneously. Okay. Got to get the creative juices flowing. I'm not a smoker. Dame's a smoker. I tend to smoke from mm-hmm. time to time. That's what's up. Hey, yeah, I I mean, like I mean, my job fucks that I don't up. Mind but I tend that. to smoke from <laughs> my uh, I mean, job time to time. encourages it. Really? Not. Amen. Mm-hmm. I work at a dispo. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So oh, that's what's up. Gotta. I want to open one. Just because I don't smell it, I don't mean I don't want to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my old boss didn't smoke, so it's possible for sure. So where did, where did this hippie tag come from? Um, mainly. So my mom's like a super hippie. Like she's like the OG hippie. Okay. My dad went to Woodstock back in the day. He was probably like one of only like six black people there. And, like, my mom and dad really have influenced me a lot Mm -hmm. about my views. I'm very liberal. I'm very proactive, everything. And when I was in school at college, my friends started calling me the hippie. So I kind of just kept it going. So yours is, like, real. Because, you know, now people call themselves the hippie because they wear, like, vans or some shit. And smoke. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, like, I've... I've definitely done a lot of legwork for stuff. Like, one of the biggest protests ever in the city of Detroit uh, two years ago during Noel Night, I led that protest for Black Lives Matter. Mm. So, like, I've done, yeah, I've done, like, a lot of stuff. I've went different cities, and I really believe in the things that I believe in strongly. Did you just do a poll? Yep. I did. I may even have it recorded, actually. Yep. I spoke that night. I did a speech, and I did a poem. I work really hard on, I think, I've been through a lot in my life, so I work really hard to try and help people at least through it or to prevent it because the world is cruel, mm-hmm. and it's not fair 
there's so many people who don't get what they need and what they deserve. And I think it's very important to fight for those people. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people. I'm a woman of color. You know, there's a lot of things going against me. There's a lot of things going against you guys. Absolutely. So I want to be a champion for anybody that needs it. We were kind of talking about that before you came in. Uh, we were talking about depression um, and different things. Um, I had a conversation like I've, I can't say that I've ever been depressed. I don't know what that feeling is, um, but I don't discount those who are going through depression because it's like an inanimate object that has real physical mm-hmm. um, ailments. I mean, I mean, it's a physical consequences or whatnot. And we we're talking about like if you turn on the television and listen and see what's going on in the world today, like, this could be very depressing for somebody. Yes, um, it can they, be. there is a lot. I mean, we were talking about the police thing and a whole bunch of things. Like, it is just a lot that's going that's going on, and, and it's really good for some folks to have an outlet um, to release. You know, some people release through poetry, um, music, um, through writing, uh, shit. Some people just smoke weed to mm-hmm. let it out. Somebody to drink, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, it may be a cigarette. I was watching uh, the Carmichael show this week, and they made a joke about um, like people always talk about the the bad uh, side effects of cigarettes. But he was like, "What about the person who smoked a cigarette, and that cigarette was the difference between him and him him beating his wife and not beating his wife was him smoking a cigarette? That's a plus." Now, granted, that's a fucked up joke. That's but, an old joke too. You know what I I'm think saying? I've heard my grandma tell that. Oh, wow. <laughs> but there is, I mean. I mean, taking that first yeah. drag <laughs> off a of, off a of menthol one hundred mm-hmm. can can change your whole day. Be good as a blunt sometimes. Nah, I won't go that far. I've never smoked a cigarette. I don't know. You've never smoked a cigarette. I have. I smoked a pack uh, of cigarettes like a in a strip club before. <laughs> you said what now? I smoked a pack of sh- a whole cigarettes. pack. Yes, I was drunk. I was with my mama. It was funny. Woo, that's a story. Yeah. How long was you in a strip club? I'm a pack. It take how long, it take a while to smoke a pack of cigarettes, right? I don't know, but I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was bet. Sick. I like ten shots of tequila, a four loco, and a pack of cigarettes. Anything with crazy. a four loco is a terrible. Decision. And I was with my mom. It was her birthday. Like what? it was crazy. Mom the hippie. So she yeah, could. she was like, I want to go to the strip club, hun. And I was like, Let's go. <laughs> and it was crazy. Yeah. Uh that's fun. Uh, so. When did you get into writing? Have you always wanted to write? Have you has that been a passion of yours since a youth or how'd you get into that? I've definitely like always been doing it. I didn't always know what I was writing was poetry per mm-hmm. se. I was a kid and I talk a lot. I always have stuff to say. And my parents used to be like, Dog, you <laughs> need to write this out. Like you can't just keep coming in here and taking up all my time. So I started writing and one of my older cousins, she does spoken word, she's dope. Her name is Native Child. She's older than me, so one day we were at a baby shower, and she performed. And I was like, whoa. I was so inspired by it. And I asked her, like, what was that? What was that? And she was like, it's poetry. It's spoken word. And she kind of introduced me to that world. Okay. My older sister also writes, too, so I've always been into her writing as well. My dad writes, there's so many people in my family who write. So I feel like it's something that I inherited from my family. That's dope. Um, I don't necessarily. So me and I, we used to rap. I mean, every, damn near everybody used to rap or mm-hmm. some shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You you put your thoughts out. And, I mean, that's a form of poetry or whatnot. But we used to go down to the uh, the poetry slams back in the day when it was at the Key Club, like on Wednesday mm-hmm. nights. Like, that was like my the first time me actually seeing 
real spoken word that wasn't like deaf poetry deaf poetry was dope yeah. because it, it got everything out to a different audience but the like competitiveness the realness mm-hmm. sometimes it'd be real different sad styles. Mm-hmm. yeah like sometimes it'd be people incorporating the crowd you didn't know there was a part of the poem but mm-hmm. it gets up saying like da, da. like it's just really really dope and it's not like a bunch of finger snapping and shit yeah. you know what i'm saying this, this is that the stereotype of a poem yes 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 okay. if i invite someone to a show they'll be like i'll snap for you i'm like don't mm, do that don't. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it's just really dope, man. And it's it's almost like it's like smack. You know what I'm saying? Like we, I, it's we, very high intensity, like slams. I've only been in a couple slams because the competitiveness, like, oh, it eats at me. Like those people, like they get in your head, like beforehand and stuff. They're going around like, oh, I hope you do well. Like I, I, I heard that little poem you did last time. That, that was cute. Poem. Like you know, like they're really competitive with it. My cousin, she's a slam poet. She travels the country. She's about to be in Denver. Mm. Like, and she's just slamming her ass off. No one can get in her head. Like she's coming for you. So she's able to uh, make a living off of it. Mm, you can't really make a living off like mm. that. You got to hustle your poetry in like 10 different ways in your writing in 10 different ways because you will make you can make good money doing it, mm-hmm. but you're not going to make a comfortable living off of it. Okay, okay. Everybody still got a job for. That's dope. Um, so. How do you get into like, OK, I want to write a book. Like, how did that process start? My older sister released a book, like, two years before I did. Okay. And it was a great book. It was awesome. It was about, like, her getting through her divorce and being comfortable with herself as a woman. And I had just went through, like, a terrible breakup. I was, like, in an abusive relationship. Mm. And I had so many poems. And I used to tell my ex all the time that I wanted to flourish as a writer. And he was an artist. And he never helped me. And I felt like I sacrificed a lot of time pushing him up and never doing anything for myself. So I was like, Fuck A lot it. of times you kind of get lost in a relationship I or you can get so lost, lost in a relationship. I got so lost and away from my dreams to help someone else's. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to release a book, too. Like, my sister did it. It made her feel better. And everybody, when I, like, told everyone on, like, Twitter, like, I'm going to release a book. Everyone was like, hell yeah, I can't wait. Like, that's amazing. Like, because I would perform every now and then, and I would go to open mics, and I was slamming some, and people were, like, really excited and always wanted to hear more from me. So when I announced that idea, like, everyone was like, hell yeah, do it. And a girl reached out to me, and she was like, I'll help you format your whole book. I know how to do that for an ebook, and I'll show you so you can do your own. And I shit got popping. That's what's up. And that's dope. So you were gracious enough to bless us with a copy of We, A Love Story. Yes. Uh, and we appreciate that. And just going through the book, like me and Jay were talking before you came in here, there's a lot of a lot of poems, a lot of the short stories that, that really relate to. One that stood out to me was uh, the phone call. <laughs> I think we've all been in that situation in the middle of the night. Your phone ring. And you're there with your significant other, and it's it can make whole, for an uncomfortable the room, evening. The whole room lights up, even if it don't yeah. ring. The whole room lights up. Like, why? Like, who is that? Why your pants lighting up? <laughs> the floors vibrate. <laughs> One of your hoes calling. Like, nah, definitely. it's probably a wrong number. Yeah. Let's, 
Let's keep spooning and go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Just my mom. Yeah. So was was that a real story? Um, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Well, it was inspired. Like I kind of like made it a little bit more dramatic or everything, but everything in there is inspired by like certain scenarios either related to the relationship I'm in now or beforehand. So the phone call is definitely beforehand and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, I think what what make what, pe- what makes people gravitate to things are when it's real to you. Yeah. You know, when you can when you can make it make sense to your life and the things that you go through. Definitely. I used like all of my stuff is pretty much real life. The things that I write, you know, I'm I don't use a lot of imagery in my writing. I use a lot of real situations for people to relate to and I think that I spit them a lot rawer than people are comfortable with hearing sometimes. So I think that's how people are able to relate to my writings. So I was reading this like So each story is about love. And I was like, "Damn." Like I literally said damn like three or four times like these motherfuckers is really in love. Like this, um, I'm trying to, I got to bring uh, lust. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's how I'm hoping my Friday night is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, okay. Definitely. Uh, I see what's going on. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, health scare was real. Yeah. Um, Definitely something. I mean, because, like, I was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was there in the hospital about to, like, I was days away from dying. So, I mean, I, <laughs> like, that That definitely hits home. And it's just like the the whole book itself, not, I mean, we can point out, we can find something in every last one that we can necessarily relate to, but the whole book itself is relatable to love, relationships, somebody that you care about. Like you've, if you haven't gone through that exact scenario, you've gone through something close to it. Yeah. I mean, it, it touches on some some aspect in life. And I mean, relationships are something that we all yearn for, hold on to, hope for, wish for. Like, everybody can take something from it. Also, like, if you're reading it and you like, I ain't never felt this way about nobody else. It may make you reevaluate some things. Like, uh, it may make you reevaluate how you're doing love these yeah. days. Uh, particularly with health care, because I didn't know where it was going. Like, I was kind of drawn in. I'm like, all right. When he walked in, he Keep had Keep gassing me, y'all. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know. My dude was head was down. I'm thinking, like, all right, bet. So I, he finna die. No, no, no. <laughs> That's right. I'm thinking it was. I always think the worst. I always <laughs> so think the worst. Since it was health scare, I'm thinking, like, okay. His head down, like his mom or his grandma died or some shit like that. You're like, it's not mm-hmm. about him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I was expecting him to walk in. He'd be like chewed up or some shit. But so I'm like, all right, his head is down. Like, okay, he good. It's about to be his mama or his grandma or some shit like that. But um, I think that was dope. And it just feel that he can be uh, – he showed that he was scared. He was vulnerable around mm-hmm. someone. And then that's like – men don't like to be vulnerable. That was the biggest theme that I had, I think, in the book was vulnerability because I feel like I was inspired to release these short stories and stuff because I feel like love has a really bad name with our generation. And I've grown up in a two-parent household. I was blessed to with my parents. They're still married, and I've seen so much love through them. I've seen so many different things they go through, and they've been successful, and they're flourishing, and they're happy. Mm -hmm. So... I want people to know that that's 
not only possible, but it takes work and situations. It's not always going to be like a perfect, like, okay, fuck you type thing all the time. Like, yes, of course you have your boundaries, but not everything is worth losing things for. Yeah. That's real. Um, I mean, love is different for everybody. You got to know what's important to you. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not one cookie cutter thing that you can bake this pie and this is the same. It's going to taste the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to make love in a relationship work for work to your strengths and work what's best for you. And based on what you said about how you're you're, you look, I guess you like kind of look at your parents that still married. My parents been married for uh, 40 years coming up. Right. That's and a lot of my visions and my thoughts of love and how a man should treat a woman or whatnot come from my parents. Um, and a lot of reasons that I'm not. So everybody love a lot of women love this big, big giant wedding and they spend all this extra this money and everything like that on it. Like that never really impacted me because mm-hmm. my parents got married in the backyard. Like literally. My parents my, had like a little like church military wedding. Like they literally got married in the backyard of the house that they grew up in. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got married at 18 and 19, and 40 years later, they still married. And mm-hmm. I've seen all the things that they go through, ups and downs and everything. I'm like, well, my parents ain't spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on a wedding, and they perf- they mm-hmm. perfectly fine. Like, I've n- I'm biased, but I've never seen anybody love anybody more than my father loves my mom. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. through all the health like through all the everything that happened like better or worse yeah for sure like i literally i have literally seen for better or worse and like Mm -hmm. i know what that feels like through them and i know when i don't got that and if it's not gonna go that way or if it's building that way because you can't expect that in the beginning either you know relationships take work and it's different for everyone and some things might not be okay that used to be okay Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of work and You've seen that through your parents, and I've seen that through mine. And it's, um, you don't realize that's happening as you're growing up. Mm-hmm. So, like, while we now and are, are we, we aware, you got to be aware of the things that you're showing your children because you're showing them how to love or how to hate, how to interact with men, how to interact with women, how to Definitely. run their lives. You may not realize that they're watching, but they are watching. So this is the perfect time Kids for you. Kids watch everything. To get your shit together because they watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a um, a short book. It's a short, easy read, but it's very impactful. Thank you, guys. Um, I appreciate it. A love story. Yeah, it. I love love. Now, did you go to self-publishing route? Or? Yep. Okay. Everything self-published. They're available on Amazon. All you got to do is type in my name, Shani the Hippie, C H A N I, the Hippie, and. You can get my books, and they only a dollar. What? Mm-hmm. Yep, they only a dollar. So we'll buy a few, and we'll um. Give them have them on deck. Yeah, have them yeah. on deck. Yeah. Well, we'll come up with something creative. Yeah. Yep, they're ebooks. It's easy. Downloads right to your device. Cause I want everybody to get acquainted with my writing. I don't want to expect people to be like, oh. I got to get it popping. People don't even like to read that much, you know, yeah. past 140 characters. So I want to get people acquainted with me. And it's by self-publishing and putting it out for the price that I have, I've sold over 5000 So I think I'm off to a great start. That's dope. Yeah. That's extremely dope. Uh, so what's up with this, this, this poetry mixtape? 
I'm so excited. So I started doing spoken word first before okay. I started like releasing written stuff. And um, that's where like my heart and soul is. I love it so much. And I actually started making my own beats. Okay. They're sweet. <laughs> so I'm we'll, going to use that. We'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all going to love them. When it's you know. done, bring it back here. And we'll we'll have to, we'll have to figure have out it. how to lift use this sample thing but you know I'm getting it <laughs> popping myself so um and then I have some beats from another producer too um and I'm gonna it's only gonna be like five poems long I think I'm gonna fuck around and rap too so make it like a Damn bonus track okay. like playing around and you know, stuff Dame's trying to do a big state I am Kush Melanson Clinic Trips it's coming soon mm. <laughs> coming soon wow well that sounds great <laughs> but um, I'm really excited because all of this material is going to be, like, brand new. Nobody's heard it before. And I've been working on different styles of writing and different styles of performing. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited for everyone to hear it. I don't have a date yet because I'm still learning how to mix and master, too. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm gonna get it so doing it. everything in. What's that yes. shop? That's what's yes. up. Yes, because I'd rather do it. Like, it's all about ownership. It, exactly. It's all about like, ownership. Like, I just bought a camera. Like, I'm... My best friend Vicky and my brother Malcolm are always where I'm at, so one of them will get it popping yeah. for me, you know. Okay. So I'm, I feel like I'm self-made. I like to do it all myself. I have a manager, and I tell him everything I'm gonna do, and he's like, "Okay, let me know when you want me to contact people." And it's working out lovely. That's what's up. How'd you come across Shop Talk Podcast? Um, I seen it on Instagram. Somebody was like, "Listen to this podcast," so I listened once. And I told my manager, I was like, oh, I listened to this podcast. They were dope. God Uh-oh. damn it. <laughs> One fan a day. That's, that's, all we want. that's all we want. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all we want. Um, I think that's extremely dope. Now, you, we talked about your writing, talked about your, your mixtape, but you have mentioned um, that you are a fighter for people and, and different causes. And you mentioned that you put on um, the event at Noel Night. Can you explain a little bit more about that and some of your passions? Um. Yeah, definitely. I would say um, my biggest thing is I'm an intersectional feminist, a womanist, and that's a champion for women of all types and all purposes. Okay. So um, a lot of times when you talk about feminism, you're only talking about one kind of woman. You're usually talking about like a white woman who's fighting for something in the workplace or some type of political right. Um, There are all different types of women. There are women of color. There are queer women, disabled women, Mm -hmm. trans women. And that's my main focus and my main purpose. I work for a blog called AO Marker Love, and I literally only write about women in arts and music because I feel like women in underground arts are underrepresented. A lot of times you hear the next popping guys, you look at the freshman list, you know, these are people coming up, maybe one girl's on the cover. One one girl per cover. Yeah, exactly, and I feel like that's only because they feel as though they have to. one hot female rapper at a time. Yeah, exactly. And, like, last year, it was a couple. You know, like, there were a couple popping Young for M.A., real. Cardi. Young M.A., Cardi. They're, uh, the other, dang, I can't remember Remy. her name. They're, well, no, nah, Remy ain't getting on the freshman cover. Oh, not freshman. No, I don't got what you're <laughs> saying. But, you know, like, there were definitely a lot of people popping. But, um, was Dage on the cover? Dage was no, on the cover. She, yeah. yeah, she made it. But... I really fight for women. I'm a woman first before anything in my mind. And um, it's important. I feel like a lot of times I've been discriminated against just for being a woman. Mm. And it's important to me to help women 
and not even just being discriminated against. You know, there are women in Africa who are dealing with genital mutilation. Ooh, yes, People yes, aren't fighting yes. for them. There are women who get bleached on their face if they, an acid in India because they want a divorce from mm-hmm. someone who's hurting them. Or, you know, there are women who are being kidnapped in our own backyard in the city and we're finding out, like, either they're being forced and drugged into sex trafficking or organs are being harvested. Yeah, I, I realize, I forget, I guess I, I just found out that, like, this metro Detroit area is like one of the highest sex trafficking places yes. in the country because I guess because we're so close to Canada, mm-hmm. um, but like it goes down right here. Yeah, and it's back page was a real thing. Yeah. Yes, and it's crazy and it's scary. So I fight for women and I help women in any way I can. Another thing that I'm very passionate about is I'm a person of color. I'm biracial. My mother is first generation American. She's Italian and Irish, and my dad's black. And I work really hard for people of color in every single way that I can. And when you talk about people who are being killed for absolutely no reason and there's no justice of any manner or degree, whether it's black-on-black crime or police brutality. It doesn't exist. Or, exactly. Their water, you know, they can't even have clean drinking water. You're taking away their water. So many different things. You have to fight for them. I've had fundraisers for Flint. I've had fundraisers for Detroit, water shutoffs. I've led protests. I've participated in protests. I've spoken to my leaders. I've done a lot of things. Pretty much anything you could have possibly done, I've done it at least once Mm. in trying to help other people because I'm not afraid of anybody or anything. If I've ever met anything, it didn't make my heart beat faster, period, because I know what I'm doing is right. And regardless of what happens to me, my energy and my spirit lives way long and way further than anything you can say or do. So you are afraid of me right, right, before right. anything. So if I have to stand up for other people who don't realize that they're not free or are afraid to say anything, I'm going to do it. Ain't nobody gonna stop me. I'm gonna smoke a blunt before I go, <laughs> and I'm gonna get it. Get your mind right. Right. Get your mind right. <laughs> That's extremely dumb. Entering a, a round of applause. I'm gonna edit that with him. <laughs> so, out of all these different hats that you wear, is there something that you're more passionate about than something else? Or, I think right now I'm most passionate about myself. I'm discovering a lot of things about myself as a woman. And as a person and the things that I want, the things that I don't want. So I think the thing I'm most passionate about right now is me and achieving certain things, get my credit score up because I have to do that because money rules the world. You know, money and time ain't real, but we got to still abide by that shit. So I have to do certain things to get this my... This is right up your alley. <laughs> oh, this, this is right up right your alley. alley. <laughs> For sure. I got to get a whole bunch of things popping that I either don't want to or I just have to. Even within me, discovering my own energy and my own power and my own capability and learning how to produce myself, mm-hmm. learning how to take pictures for myself, doing a lot of things because once I get all of these hats into one hat, then I'll be unstoppable as fuck. Like, you won't be able to fuck with me ever. So that's what I'm passionate about is getting all that shit together so I can just be Wonder Woman. That's extremely dope. We fuck with Wonder Woman. Yeah. I wouldn't have seen it Saturday. (laughs) Still haven't seen it. It's (laughs) It's a great movie. It's actually the best DC movie since the last Batman one. 
Not Batman versus Superman. No, the that Batman. was terrible. Oh. Today is the fifth anniversary of that Batman, actually. The one with Bane. Yeah. Okay. Five years ago today. Mm-hmm. It came across my Twitter timeline. I'm not like a, a some Marvel <laughs> DC uh, guy and shit, but yeah, that shit came across my timeline. Um, so where can people reach out to you? People can reach out to me on Instagram uh, at the hippie T H E H I P P I E. Um, also, my Twitter, I talk a lot of shit, and I give a lot of weed tips on there on a regular basis. Oh, shit. Uh, Shani the Hippie, C-H-A-N-I-T-H-A-H-I-P-P-I-A. It's an A instead of an E, because some hating ass bitch took my username and don't Aww. use it. Dog, you know how long, so I'm just, Don't even, <laughs> I knew that was going to start just, you right the I'm fuck on saying, up. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm Jay Johnson 313 on everything, right? But like I've been trying to get the Jay Johnson Twitter name for like six years, and they not they not. And the person who has it only tweeted one time like eight years ago or some shit. Like let it go, bro. Come up off that shit. Let it go. Like come up off the shit, dog. Well, luckily, Dame Gone Wild was available with everything. I just want to be Jay Johnson, fam. Let it let it go. You're Jay Johnson three one three. That's what you're known as. Tell them niggas to get me verified. They said they not gonna verify me. It's like what you sound a little you sound a little perturbed. There's a the process yeah. now to get verified. Now you gotta you know you gotta Nolan submit some verified. Well, you know. Nolan D- and Ninja. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. DJ Soko verified. Well, I'll be verified in ten months. Okay, inside of ten months. So that's what's up. Get it popping. And that's for the record. That'll validate you with that blue check right next to you. Yeah, and maybe when I get a blue check, maybe they'll Twitter actually see my ads at them to give me the Jay Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) You never get me. You never get this. Don't tell me what I won't ever do because I will do the shit. I mean, you can be my like lawyer for the Shawnee the Hippie shit then too. Don't don't get this guy started. Jay is probably our legal counsel. Every legal situation, I wanted to go left and. (laughs) Meet them head on. Let's go up to where they work at and talk to them. Like, yeah, and Jay takes a lot more of, a, See, more of a political See, that's route. the thing about me, okay? Like, I, I said I was a retired bad girl. Um, I wasn't always Shawnee the hippie. I used to be thug-ass hippie because, like, yeah. I will come to your job. Like, and I've learned to, like, take that energy and put it other places. But I used to get it popping on a regular basis. Sometimes oh, bringing like, my ass whooping to somebody's front door is the best way to address it. Man, it I was mean, not. I've gotten a lot of trouble. Like, I just got off probation this year for, like, some <laughs> shit, and I'm never going back. I have a theory that nothing in this world has been accomplished without violence being in the equation. 100%. Low key. So, I mean, if. Which is if, why. I got, a, I got a love-hate relationship with protests. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think people. So the protest is the promotion for the the ne- the thing that's supposed to come first. First, we have to go promote the party, and we're gonna have a party. Some we promote the party, and then there's never a party and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of you know. There's no revolution. You know, there's no peace without revolution, and yeah. there has to be you know a lot of you gotta shake the Somebody's table. Somebody's got to die. You and gotta like, shake the table. When I say table. that, people be like, they be like, no, I'm like, but like really though, tell me something. That has happened without somebody getting their head cracked. Mm-hmm. I know the, everybody say doesn't money, exist. money does. is power, knowledge is power, all that shit cool. True. Nigga, power is power. Period. Because at the end of the day, when I when you physically, if you think something is physically going to happen to you, physically going to happen to you, you're going to do what I say. Mm-hmm. If you're the person with the knowledge and I tell you to do this shit or I'm going to fuck you up, you're going to do it. Because the leaders are never the smartest people. Nah. It's always the white. They just the ones who's going to pop them. 
Like seriously. Yeah. Look at our president masses. now. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, we we don't we don't refer to him. Forty five. Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't call him the p word. The on man. Yeah. I guess that we can talk about that one shit then. The orange guy. <laughs> How he he Asian declined orange. it. He declined the invitation to speak at the uh, NAACP. I think that was a good idea. Like, he was like, uh, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, this shit is out of my league. I don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> like, it would have been, been horrible. It would have been horrible. It would have been a shady event. <laughs> it would have been horrible. It would it, It's like it would have been like watching a car crash. Everybody like watching a car crash. And I would have <laughs> enjoyed to see it very much so, though. I would have enjoyed to see the parodies of it. Yeah, especially like the black SNL Twitter one. and um, Instagram was all over it. Did y'all see uh, totally unrelated? Uh, King Karen or Karen, whatever the fucking nigga name is, is the OJ first, first day, day out. out? Yeah. That shit's hilarious. Yes, that I saw that. Uh, I would love the memes uh, from Trump speaking at a NAACP dinner. <laughs> they uh, would be nonstop. I've they seen, would be nonstop. I feel like people would leave. I've only watched one NAACP dinner, and it was with um, low key watched them all then. Um, what's Obama's <laughs> preacher name that he um shunned? Oh, I know who you're talking about. The guy from Chicago. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand why I, he's a great speaker, and I enjoy his speech, and I understand why people take his shit out of context. Because if you write out what he said and you don't actually hear him say it, the shit probably sound wild. You know what I'm saying? But like mm-hmm. when you actually watching it, and it's kind of like more theatrical. And, like, you can hear tonality and things of that nature. Ready to speak? Like, all right, he's not saying, all right, let's kill everybody. He might have been like, oh, I mean, you're going to walk in here and kill everybody. Like, it, it's not the same shit. I'm like, yeah. I can definitely see why you The message got it. diluted. But, like, this guy is on point. Like, I don't, I don't, I hate that he had to shun this man to get elected. But that's a whole other story. Sometimes you do what you got to do. Or you do what you told. You got to break a couple of eggs to make an omelet. Uh, eggs are bad. <laughs> I watch. I watch some of what the health. What the health? It's also yeah. propaganda, so you have to watch it. You know, realizing that it's also trying to. That's I also mean, trying it's, to. It's not going to stop me from eating uh, chicken on Sunday and probably a steak tonight if I can get my hands on one. Well, I don't eat meat, but it's not because of that's what the health. Um, but I just was so fucking irritated this week. What you? Let me try to. I want to word this correctly because I don't want to come off so angry. But these unhappy people, people who are just online are just very unhappy. And no matter what you're doing, I'm going to find a way to shit on your dreams. Yes. So if somebody watches the documentary, if somebody receives new information that they did not have before, and they find that information credible, and they choose to make changes inside of your life, why the fuck is you mad? People don't want to see other people, like, changing their mind or being happy about something. Or even have an opinion. Yes. People don't want you to think for yourself. No, you can't. And the Internet and social media has made it so accessible for everybody to have a voice and an opinion. And I can say what I want to say because I'm hiding behind my iPhone. Exactly. Like, I can just poke at you It has made everyone think that the world revolves around them mm-hmm. because this is my page and these are my followers and what I say matter. So people will like or retweet. So it'll make you think that the world is about you and how you think is the way that the world thinks. If a nigga don't want to eat meat no more, why the fuck are you mad? Like what? I can see if I was coming to your page every day telling you, nigga, you're going to die if you keep eating this. You're going to die. A nigga just watched the documentary and he wanted to change his life. 
Why are you mad? I, I don't understand why people get so mad when they see like vegetarian chicken nuggets or like you I know, just don't want vegan uh, stuff. I'm like, they'll be like, oh, why do they not eat meat if they wanted to taste like meat? And I'm like, they beef is not with the way meat tastes, bro. No, McDonald's. like it's not. Like that's not their beef. The like, cheeseburgers beef I get from White so Castle. Different things. Like, the cheeseburgers I get from White Castle ain't like the ones I'm making. You think I want no fucking friends? You think I don't want no fucking wings right now, <laughs> nigga? Yes, the fuck, I want some wings. Right, right, the fuck now. But in the long run, it's not it's not it's not beneficial to me. Like I know that it's bad for me. It's hurting me. What, it, it tastes good to me, <laughs> but it's not good for me. What like, Jay Z say? What you eat don't make it me don't shit. make me shit. Like when people be so fucking angry. Like dog, just let people live. Like let them live. I want to say something real unpopular about wings. Sweetwater does not have the best wings. Not at all. That's not okay. unpopular in this. No, a lot a lot of niggas. Like getting their arms about it. They, when I do go to Sweetwater, I don't get the Sweetwater wings. I get the lemon pepper wings because the lemon pepper the lemon pepper wings are great. They say got better wings than Sweetwater. They say got some good wings. Right, better than Sweetwater. Yeah, the barbecue wings. Yeah, and they say is fucking amazing. Uh, But the best barbecue sauce uh, probably goes to. Uh, what's the spot right there on Telegraph? Nicola's. Them niggas give you like Nicola's is so They give delicious. you like a Fred Flintstone size plate. They give you way too much food. For you. Like that's mm-hmm. the place where you be mad that they gave you too much food for your money. Mm-hmm. Like you be eating that shit for two days. Not it's my great. house. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Dame doesn't eat. Uh, I don't eat. Le- I don't eat leftovers. I don't. I don't care. Mm. I don't want used food. <laughs> I don't care what other people think about. <laughs> I don't, used food. <laughs> I don't want it after it's, been, food, right? after it's been picked over and left in the fridge. It's unappealing. Bro, to me. it's I don't yours. It. You mac did that. Mac and cheese tastes better in the fridge. I mean, some stuff tastes better. Spaghetti. Like chili. Dog, I want day Guess old what? chili. I'll never know. I'll never know. <laughs> I got a teenager food. and I don't and I turn my nose up at that shit. I don't want it. I don't want it. All right. Your teenager be eating good as hell. Hell yeah. Like, you want, you want this mac and cheese? Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I rarely bring food home from, like, leftovers to work the next day because I don't want that shit. All right. That's hey. crazy. You know what I'm saying? Well, order, pizza? Order large pizzas. So what you order, smalls? Nah, if I got the kids, we going to get a lot. Like, first of all, I need at least a bare minimum of two large pizzas if it's me and my, my team. And... Yeah, big at, and at the and at the end of dinner, I'll be lucky if there are three to four slices. Okay. Like well, two hot and ready's, they're not making they're not making <laughs> it past the half hour in my house. Yeah. Wow, boys. Boys and girls. Oh, okay. So I mean, so. it's it's growing kids. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it's like to have leftover pizza anymore. Well, yeah, because so you have problem. Is, you got a different problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you don't eat leftovers because ain't nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me in my house, so it's gonna be some leftovers. Like, cause mm-hmm. I'm not about to make a meal and me eat all of it. I, I can't cook for one anyway, so it's always leftovers. I, I can show you how, cause like when I don't have my kids and I cook for myself, nah. I'm making enough for one. I got two brothers that always got the munchies. So it's always getting ate. Like I'd be like, I left the food here. Buy a lot of sandwich Y'all can't meat. eat it. <laughs> it's processed meat, man. It's, it's bad. I'm, yeah, fucking with you. Man, I, I'm fucking with you. Something gonna kill me anyway. It's either gonna be. That's weed. what everybody say, but it's a lot of shit worse than death. Because the shit, the cancer that, that may come, yeah. like you, know, you still alive, kidneys yeah. all fucked up. Congestive heart failure, blood all fucked up. Like, I mean, for now, I'm living. Yolo. All right. I mean, <laughs> we just gonna cover you in the grace. Yeah, <laughs> I prayed before I left the house. <laughs> Children and fools, 
That's what God watches after. You can take either one when it comes to me. Yeah, man. Some people, uh, just in general, you cannot, t- whatever they believe, you tell them anything different, they, they brain cannot handle that shit, and they will lose their fucking mind. It's not worth talking about I to mean, some the, people. Regardless no every, matter what it is. You know regardless of everything that we talked about, if I can make it to Capers tonight and get two slushies from 7-Eleven, like, that's how the fuck I'm going to live Definitely this take my ass to 7-Eleven, because ain't no 7-Elevens in the hood. Um... All give right. us a, give us all your social media again one more time. The hippie on Instagram T H E H I P P I E and Shani the hippie on Twitter C H A N I T H A H I P P I A. And where they can find your book? You can find my book on Amazon.com. Just type in my name Shani the hippie. And what was the first book name? Freedom Fighter. Okay, that's an all poetry book, and it's just like a compilation of like. All the shit I was feeling at the time. So I was fighting for my freedom. I was on trial. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was on trial. Shit. Is, is, that, is that a little uh, bit of that in there, too? Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, actually, it's not. But it's going to be in my next book. Okay. But that's coming. So I was on trial. I had just left my abusive relationship. And I was like, I felt terrible about myself. So I was fighting for my freedom in so many ways. The so, thug yeah. yeah. That was the last time I'll ever be in front of a judge ever again I swear to God mm. I swear to God she was like again hey girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know her I was like Shit. I've had that experience in the courtroom where a judge called me out by name because we had seen each other on three other occasions no, I don't got that experience, <laughs> bro. That shit'll make your whole heart. Yeah, drive. it's it's not how you, <laughs> your it's toes. Not. Your toes get warm. Like that shit is horrible. Shout out to Judge Placus. Sheila Johnson, Southfield. <laughs> I've seen her before. Southfield. Yeah, Judge Placus called me out by name. Damon Bradley, you're here again. Mm, that's not what's up. And he knew it was my third time in like. 13 months we had seen each other at that point. I felt like we had a rapport. I felt like I still had the same hairstyle. <laughs> like, and I changed my hair like every other week. Like, she was like, girl, what are you doing? I will put you in jail. Well, um, I do got to go to court on one of these, uh, one out of three of these traffic stops uh, that I will stop. I'm doing. sure you have a good story about court. Yeah, absolutely. And I, don't, I go to court on everything. Fight it. I hate the Anyway, I won't say that out loud. Yeah, the last time you put it in the atmosphere, I just want to make it home, and I don't. I'm trying to avoid the bookings this weekend, next week, and it's for the, the weekend, rest of my avoid life. Avoid the bookings, beloved. Uh, Dame gone wild. Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. But I had an epiphany. I'm gonna stop shouting out my personal social media shit. If you've been following the podcast, like you know who the fuck we are. And at this point, we need to build, continue to build the brand. Follow Shop Talk Podcast or ShopTalkPod.com. Like that's where you can find us. Absolutely, fucking lutely. Shop Talk Podcast, shoptalkpod.com. Uh, you looking for us on YouTube? Uh, hashtag Shop Talk Podcast, everything, and we're going to come up. Yeah. and Because uh, we're act- starting to make waves. Absolutely. Just go Definitely. to the Definitely. I found y'all. That's oh, dope. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Uh, go to the website because links to everything is on there anyway. All the video, all the episodes. And um, SoundCloud may be going down pretty soon. So Chance, <laughs> Chance the industry plant. Uh, yeah. Figured it out. Chance is the superhero, and R. Kelly is He's the supervillain of Chicago. That's anti Kanye. He an industry plant. For I think sure. uh, conspiracy theory. Chance the rapper is what Kanye West thinks he is. Well, he always wanted to be. It's it's anti Kanye. Yeah. Like we say every week, uh, I'm not saying we the Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jay and Dame. Hell yeah. Peace. You can say that. <laughs>